First of all, I'm very, very glad to be here today. So, I really enjoyed this day so far, and I'm sure I will continue enjoying it. Um, I'm here today to present this study, the study that, uh, sorry, that aimed at exploring the experiences of living with pain and experiences and expectations on healthcare from the perspective of Iraqi refugee women. For the last 12 years, I've worked as a physiotherapist in primary healthcare in Sweden. And I meet many Iraqi women who seek healthcare due to musculoskeletal pain. And this meeting has raised questions, why is, which is the reason why we did this study. Um, Iraq, as you know, has a long history of war and violence. Um, many women have lost their husbands and relatives and suddenly become the sole wage earner in family, a situation they have no education nor, nor experience of. And they're liable to taint the reputation if they keep on living alone, or even if they leave their home every day to go to work. And there are also reports of abuse towards women during war, both, both physical and sexual abuse. For example, one woman told me how she was refused a bed and help at the hospital when she was giving birth. The doctor even slapped her in the face twice when she asked for help. This was because she was from the wrong country. Each refugee carries their own history, unlike every other's. It's often characterized by crises and difficulties, and it causes the flight. And then adapting to a new life in a strange country is strenuous, and it involves new difficulties, such as language barriers, uh, cultural misunderstandings within uh, both society and healthcare. There are unemployment and discrimination. And the pre-migration experiences, together with the forced resettlement, contribute to an accumulated trauma that affects the health, both uh, physically and mentally. Um, in Sweden, about 15% of the population is born outside of the country. Immigration has changed since the end of the Second World War, from immigration of labor, industrial workers, to uh, immigration of refugees and their families. Iraqi immigrants has been the, was the second largest group of immigrants during the last decade, until just recently. Immigrants, and not the least refugees, suffer from impaired health. And many seek health care due to musculoskeletal pain. And in Sweden, patients with non-acute illness and pain are referred to primary health care. Although caregivers often meet patients born outside the country and with a long-standing or chronic pain, this patient group is perceived as difficult, and the caregivers perceive their own skills as inadequate. My, my experience is that these patients often express feelings of frustration and dissatisfaction from the meeting with the healthcare. They express feelings of not being trusted or believed and not being offered any help. I think it's, it's important in today's multicultural society to understand the, the, the complex experiences that comes with forced resettlement, to be able to um, develop the healthcare services in order to meet these patients' needs. 
earlier, most studies in pain management have excluded people who cannot speak, read, or write a native language. And this is a major problem, since a crucial source of information is excluded. So in, in order to learn more about Iraqi refugee women's experiences of living with pain and experiences of the Swedish healthcare, we performed five in-depth interviews with Iraqi refugee women with a long-standing musculoskeletal pain. The participants were all between 33 and 56 years of age. They have lived in Sweden for at least eight years. All except one were married and had children. One of the women had an employment. She was a home assistant. Two of the women were looking for employment and two were housewives. They had pain from different locations of the body, from a more local back pain to half body pain. Most common was pain from lower back, one or two legs, neck and shoulders. The interviews generated a preliminary core category, the magnitude of reciprocity, based on the three categories, impact of pain, managing pain, strategies but also worries, and facing healthcare. All categories, in all categories, um, aspects of doubleness emerged. The reciprocity dimension illuminates the diversity of living chronic pain, especially when vulnerable groups are affected. It's a complexity making demands on both the individual and the healthcare. Pain impacts several areas of personal and daily life with physical and emotional precincts, and with consequences on daily life, uh, and it's arousing opposing feelings. Physically, pain impact with limited energy and endurance, and uh, leads to an increased need for rest and shift of body positions. It makes it possible to be as active as used to. But it's not that easy to get rest, since the pain effects with difficulties in finding restful positions, make it possible to fall asleep, and with repeated wake-ups during the night. The pain also have effects, uh, emotional effects, such as uh, depression, anxiety, loss of life, and isolation. Among these women were feelings of anger, confusion, and fatigue. I feel confused and tired, or uh, when I'm in pain, everything is dark. Grief and loss of family members was reinforced with information from the, from the native country. For example, news broadcast on television uh, from Iraq. Um, grief was in some cases associated with pain, as one other participant said, I don't know if my concern comes from breathing, the mental side. I get more pain when I think about the fact I've been separated from my family, my brothers and sisters, for 16 years. And of course, everyday life is affected in different ways. For example, housework is often perceived to be the women's duty in families from Iraq. And on one hand, uh, Difficulties in meeting the household chores and thereby becoming dependent on help from husband and children were, were felt to be destructive. 
But on the other hand, there was, was a relief to get some help. As one of the women said, um, it's hard to always have to ask for help. It's my husband who has to help with almost everything. Without my husband, I cannot cope with this. But another woman said, it's very good to have somebody in family who can help. Without help, I would have to cope with both work and housework, and that would be very hard. And the consequences of pain and living with pain also reach to include the family, which the participants were well aware of. Especially the children were felt to be vulnerable and needed to be protected. And this was one reason why the, the, these women tried to withhold any signs of pain, as to not raise concerns. And the ability to work was another area affected. Um, lack of understanding from authorities was perceived, especially when working conditions became too heavy. The regional insurance office was fierce. Leave work or continue working. But it was also, it's also so difficult to find better employment in the open labor market, which in Sweden is segregated, both uh, in terms of ethnic origin and sex. Um, immigrants, and not the least female immigrants, are more often unemployed compared to native-born Swedes. And being limited by pain makes it even more difficult to find work. When it comes to thoughts about the future, it was both expressions of hope and concern. On one hand, there was no belief in the future, but on the other hand, a hope for future recovery. Fear of deterioration restrained any hopes for the future. And even if the performance perceived improvements with less pain, there was a concern what would happen in the future. Like, I'm afraid, worried about the future. The future is like a nightmare. I'm thinking, if I'm like this now, how will it be in 10 years? Although well, pain sometimes seems uncontrollable, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uncontrollable, the, uh, there are strategies to at least temporarily ease the pain. Medication offers temporary effects, but at the same time, there's a worry about becoming addicted or for possible side effects. And physical activity offered pain relief mainly linked to increased body heat, which was expressed as something positive. Um, to be inactive was associated with uh, deterioration, despair, and mental ill health. Remedial exercises with the support from the physiotherapist could have better effect than medication of different kinds. But there was, a dis dis there was a concern that performing exercises without the support from the physiotherapist could aggravate pain. One woman said, exercising hurts but it also feels good. If I didn't, don't exercise, I wouldn't be able to move. And the physiotherapist was also used as a consult during periods of increased pain. Maybe the informant have already heard the advice given, but it was felt to us as a confirmative support to hear it again. To the possibility to converse with a professional who was familiar with the problem was felt to be a relief. The woman that was interviewed in this, women that were interviewed in this study, had all a lot of experiences from healthcare, both positive, 
We had care providers who performed careful examinations followed by the effective treatment, but also a lot of negative experiences with lack of accurate examinations or even diagnosis giving without a prior examination. There was also ineffective treatment and an impression of not having access to available treatment. And they have all been proposed different uh, diagnoses and explanations to the pain. Uh, it's varied from certain diagnoses to more vague explanations such as stress or age or body weight. And of course, they had all their own reflections about what's causing the pain. It could originate from physical organs, like uh, something has to be wrong on the muscles, skeleton, nerves. But it could also have its cause in psychosomatic aspects. And this is not an obvious way to see a pain problem for a Muslim, which is uh, often done in the Western sense. Patients may have difficulties in describing their pain and their fear of pain. In, part in particular, women of dispersed ethnic populations describe the pain in general or widespread terms, uh, more vague terms. To express somatic complaints of pain can be a way to communicate stress, anxiety, or sadness. One of the informants, she said, in some despair, there is an error one must fix, but where and how? The, the issue of different body parts and their significance for humans was brought up. For example, since the spine enables movement, it's thereby more important than the brain. Quite fancy. Yeah. And the participants in this study experienced misunderstandings and feelings of dismissal by healthcare. And this is not uncommon. Uh, early research has shown that, apart from linguistic problems, cultural differences in how to explain illness and health. Uh, different ideas of, about uh, doctor-patient relations and discrimination are uh, aspects, effects that have been proven to affect the meeting between an immigrant patient and a doctor. It often leads to misunderstandings. But there are expectations when seeking healthcare. However, with an ambiguity. On one hand, there is a hope for treatment or cure with an idea there should be a cure for each and every disease. But on the other hand, there are doubts that a cure is possible. Physicians are expected to provide an understandable diagnosis and prescribe pain relief medicines. And the physiotherapists are expected to, give an, uh, to support with pain relief through exercises and technical aids. The third subcategory of facing healthcare is about the meeting between patient and care provider. And there are some important aspects in order to establish a good meeting and avoid misunderstandings from the perspective of the women that were interviewed in this study. Even if the physician is not able to give an, 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 a proper diagnosis or offer any treatment, trust can be built if the meeting is good. Trust is, trust is built on the quality of the meeting. Good meetings include time and a dialogue between the, the doctor and the, or care provider and patient. 
regardless if the message is good or bad. Good meetings also include uh, honesty, understanding, and a care provider who shows concern. And confirmation was something that was pointed out as something important. Um, the doctors should talk with you, encourage you. It's just as well that they explain. Maybe I've heard it before, but if the next one says the same, then I know they understand. It feels as though they think I come and lie to them, and that feels uncomfortable. A good meeting also includes communication. For the women in this study, it was preferred to communicate without an interpreter, but there is, of course, when it's possible. Without an interpreter, it's important that the care provider makes an effort to use a simple and understandable language with simple words. With or without an interpreter, good communication facilitates patient participation and makes it possible for the patient to be involved when different uh, decisions are made. And patient participation, it's, it's regulated by the Swedish law, and this is described as a shared knowledge between the care provider and the patient, an adjustment of the situation according to the patient's needs, and mutual respect. There were also some comparisons made between the Swedish and Iraqi healthcare. Uh, the main difference is the wait for a doctor's appointment, which in Sweden was perceived as far too long. In Iraq, there is no actual wait. You're able to see the doctor the same day. It was declared that when you're ill, you don't have the energy to wait. And Swedes were also perceived as different from Iraqi people, mainly related to social interaction. In Sweden, no one has time to socialize. Everyone lives their lives fully planned, and time is short. I'm sorry to say, but it was expressed that in Iraq, the weather and people are warm. <laughs> in Sweden, the weather and, pe uh, and people are cold. <laughs> I'm sorry. Based on the findings from this study, we argue that reciprocal recognition and support connected to the specific life experiences of women from Iraq is a vital part of a holistic approach in pain management. It's important for healthcare providers to use a clear language with understandable words, give time, and take the patient's problem seriously. This will give a, a vital start for reciprocal communication that can grasp life traumas and intersectional experiences of power structures in everyday life that also have an impact on experiences of pain. In this study, we have tried to approach patients usually excluded from studies due to language difficulties. Language difficulties. The informants have a hope for cure and treatment. They want to feel part of the treatment. They want to communicate with the healthcare provider. And they need to get in contact with the healthcare within a reasonable time. These results may already be known as all overall key features for good healthcare. But they're still vitally important to report since the predominant focus on majority populations uh, tends to construct an idea that the, the contribution to knowledge of minority population is of less importance. This study is the first step towards a, uh, a theory grounded in empirical data. It will be continued with further research in order to develop the rehabilitation for Iraqi refugee women in primary health care in Sweden. Thank you.